Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Carl's Roller Coaster Podcast. The ins and outs of a heavy metal number one single in the UK charts. In 1989, Iron Maiden were taking a year off from touring and recording, which was the band's first proper break since their formation. Bruce Dickinson, lead singer of the band, was approached by his and Maiden's publishers Zomba to write a song for A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, the movie franchise. The original offer was sent to Iron Maiden, but Steve Harris, Iron Maiden's bass player, founder and main songwriter, passed. Bruce then teamed up with his old mate, former Ian Gillan guitarist Yannickers, which would join Maiden on the Falling Up, and recorded the song. This song was to become the very first single by a metal band to top the UK singles charts. Upon hearing the song, Zomba offered Bruce to record a full album which subsequently became his first solo venture, Tattooed Midna. On this particular conversation here, we are talking about the song Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter by the mighty British entity Iron Maiden, one of the most successful English artists of all time, with over 100 million records sold worldwide. The song was written by Bruce Dickinson, produced and recorded by the late Chris Sangaridis, which I personally had the pleasure to work with and record an album back in 2010. Jive Records released the single on August 1989. Jive Records was an American record label under the RCA Music Group, formed in 1981 by Zomba Records. Jive Records operated as an independently managed label until 2003, when BMG acquired the remainder of its parent company Zomba. Steve Harris, though, liked the song so much that he persuaded Bruce not to use it on his solo album and save it for the next Iron Maiden album, which would be No Prayer for the Dying. Maiden's version, Mainstream Slaying, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, released on EMI Records, was the very first number one single by a metal band to top the UK singles charts. Yep, Metallica didn't manage it, neither did Black Sabbath, Judas Priest or Slayer. It was Bruce's oldie to Aino hastily written song for a horror film that brought 1991 in with a scream and a bang. Bruce Dickinson said, We're going to release this single as a single on Christmas Eve to scare the living daylights out of Cliff Richard. This led to the song competing with Cliff Richard's Savior's Day for the 1990 Christmas number one, but due to not being officially released until the week after Christmas, went straight to number one on the UK singles charts on December 30th, 1990 and stayed there for two weeks. This was in spite of a band by the BBC who refused to play the song on Radio 1 and only showed a 90-second live clip for the top of the pops. It would remain the only song to achieve such thing until Limbiscuit turned up with Rolling 10 years later. Copyright is arguably the most important income stream for emerging artists. On the mainstream level, it moves gigantic mountains of money. Music publishing is about the songs and not the recordings. However, it's very important that people looking after both are well connected, maintaining constant communication. Music publishing is about the creation of copyrights and the protection of intellectual property. It's protected by the Copyright Design and Patents Act, 
1988. By law, you've created the publishing copyright when, one, you've written it down as a composition, publishing rights, music and lyrics. Number two, you've recorded it, master rights. Basically, and I quote a sentence from the Centric Music website, the publishing copyright is essentially split into two parts, the authorship, lyrics, and the composition, music. The term of copyright lasts for the life of the author plus 70 years after his death. As for the recordings, it's 70 years from when it's been recorded from when it's first published. Territories have different PROs, performing rights organizations. In the UK, we have PRS for Music, which comprises the Performing Rights Society and the Mechanical Copyright Protection Society. PRS for Music protects the value of music, fighting music piracy and adapting to what the digital has brought to the industry, collects royalties through licensing agreements with music users and pays their members accordingly. There are three main publishing copyrights to generate money from. 1. Performance royalties. Generated when your publishing copyrights are broadcasted in public, the key performance royalty streams being radio, television and live performances. 2. Mechanical rights. Royalties generated when your music is reproduced, be that on a CD, vinyl, download. The recording owner, normally the record label who have paid for it, pays to MCPS a license fee. In the UK, that's 8.5 of the dealer price per unit sold. 3. Synchronization. Sync is basically putting the music over a visual image and the most common types are placing music on TV, shows, adverts, games and promos. To be synced, both the master and publishing copyrights must be cleared. Fee is dependent on several factors such as territory, length of license, media and profile of artist. PPL is important for two people, the master copyright owner and people who performed and the recording itself. PPL income is split 50-50 between the master copyright owner and the performers on the record. PPL pays whoever the owner of the recorded music is, both record labels and self-releasing artists. Also, whoever has given audible contribution to a recording, both feature and or non-featured performers. Let's contextualize what we just discussed. Song is created and registered with MCPS and PRS, collection societies. Then two things will happen. Record companies pays mechanical royalties to MCPS and PRS monitors airwaves for performance income. Stage 3. MCPS and PRS pay royalties directly to publisher in the UK. And then, finally, songwriter receives income from the publisher. Let's have a look on what we just discussed from a different angle. A song or songs on album are licensed to record label by publisher. The record company sells the album in retail stores or via legal downloads. The record company pays mechanical royalties based on sales to publisher. And the publisher pays the songwriters. During the No Prayer on the World World Tour 1990-91, Iron Maiden performed 110 shows worldwide. For the live performance rights in the UK, Maiden would have earned 3% of gross box office receipts. Since July 2018, that has changed to 4.2%. 
This money is paid by the venue to PPL, who then pays the artist. The value of Britain's live music sector hit a record 1.1 billion sterling pounds last year. Fans spend a lot of money to see big-name artists, including Ed Sheeran, The Rolling Stones and Sam Smith on tour. Touring and live music is the main source of income for mainstream and underground independent artists, where they get to not only generate royalties for performance, but also sell a great deal of merchandise. Household artists such as Rod Stewart, number one album last December 13th, 2019 here in the UK, makes huge gains with concert tickets being charged a hefty £100 plus, and that's mainly due to the demographics involved, being a more mature kind of crowd willing to splash the kind of money on a single concert going, whereas new smaller bands, artists, would charge way less targeting any younger audience that probably attends few gigs per week or even per month. With the advance in technology and players such as Netflix and Amazon Prime being on the forefront of series, movies, documentaries, streaming, Syncs will keep presenting new and exciting opportunities for artists in general, generating good chunks of money for the copyright owners, master recording owners and their publishers. Artists on the 21st century must be very clever and understand how the music business operates in order to make a living out of their art which certainly consumes time and takes, perhaps, attention away from making producing music. Prince once said, When I first started out in this music industry, I was most concerned with freedom. Freedom to produce, freedom to play all the instruments on my records, freedom to say anything I wanted to. With all of that in mind, the prospect is very exciting, with sales growing steadily, thanks to streaming services such as Spotify, Apple Music and Deezer, bringing music sales back up to levels nearly to what the record industry used to be at prior to the internet. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, this podcast, as much as I did doing it. So if that's the case, please do follow on Instagram at RollerCoasterCarl, myself at Carl Casagrande, on Twitter, same thing. Facebook, same thing. Uh, do subscribe. Do subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. That's very, very much appreciated. Thank you. And have a great, great day. Cheers. Bye-bye.